Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thanks for joining us today on Colorado Business Roundtable's Profits and Purpose podcast. But I'm really excited uh, to introduce to everybody Kathy Barsner, who has been a dear friend for quite some time and a real uh, advocate for the business community. And Kathy is the executive director of NAO. Kathy, uh, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Debbie. It's great to be here with you today. Well, tell us a little bit before we jump in to about you, uh, tell us a little bit more about NAOP. What What's the mission and scope of the organization? NAOP Colorado is a part of a larger organization. We run the Colorado chapter here, and we are the association representing commercial and real estate. We represent owners, developers, investors, as well as pretty much anyone who's involved in the real estate process from ground to um, ongoing management. So it's it's really pretty much anyone and everyone involved in that whole process. So really comprehensive in what your members um, bring to the table in terms of Colorado's economic vitality. It is. It's very broad. Um, we've done, our National Association does annual economic impact studies every year and they include not only our premium members, but also our affiliate members who, as I said, are pretty much everybody um, involved in the entire process. So jumping back, I know that we've connected in so many issues that affect the broad-based business community in terms of public policy, but tell me, jumping back, tell me how you became executive director. What's your story? What's your journey? How did you end up leading this organization? Sure. Well, I've been involved in association management since 1980. So we won't go through that entire timeline um, <laughs> as A, we don't have that much time and, and B, nobody wants to hear all of that. But to make a long story short, I started an association management company back in 1996 at the request of another association that I had been working with. And um, over the the years, um, I had the opportunity to become involved with NAOP, and I've been their executive director for the last 22 years. Um, so, and have seen them grow from an association that had less than 200 members to now we're pretty stabilized at 650 members, which is a good outreach to our community when you think about the the um, size of our market and the uh, opportunity to get outreach within the market we're we're pretty good at 650 people yeah that's a great number I'll need to get advice for you as we are continuing to grow the impact for Colorado business roundtable it sounds like you've been instrumental in that growth with not only NAOP but other associations throughout your career so my company is a multi-association management company, which gives me the ability to work with a variety of different associations. And our company doesn't focus, many association management companies focus on one product type. So they would do all real estate or they would do all medical. And um, one of the things I liked about the 
way we put our company together was that we don't focus on one specific industry. So we have a commercial real estate industry. We have a near surface geophysics industry. We help a foundation for the Colorado Women's Bar Association. So we have a lot of ability to cross across a lot of markets. And I know one common theme where you and I have worked together closely in the past, again, is sort of this economic opportunity piece, which probably affects a lot of your clients, not just NAOP. But tell me how you became involved in public policy, because I know that's a big piece of what you do in representing the interests of your members. How has public policy become kind of front and center the last handful of years? Right. Well, when I started 22 years ago, we really didn't do public policy. Um, we had a couple of people who volunteered in that realm, but um, it wasn't something that we focused on. But as the years have gone by and we've seen how public policy affects not only our owners and developers and how they develop buildings, but also in our tenants. Um, one of the things I talk about a lot with our board and with our public policy committee when we're trying to determine what topics we're going to focus on is that our buildings and our building owners are only as successful as their tenants. And if their tenants are having a difficult time economically making things work through regulation or whatever, then that impacts our owners. So an example of that is people would ask me, on our board, well, why do we care about the ballot initiatives that would limit housing starts? Mm -hmm. And my response to them is, we're only as successful as our tenants who are only as successful as their employees and their employees want a place to live. And so that's why things like that should matter to us. Yeah, which makes a ton of sense. And I think about public policy, we have that in common. A lot of folks find politics or public policy distasteful until it affects their bottom line or their ability to operate. And then, okay, we can understand there is this broader perspective of how we're all connected, um, which is so interesting. And it's been fun working with you on issues of, of critical importance to Colorado in the past. I can think of nothing more critical right now, more top of mind, of course, than what's been happening in 2020 with COVID. And as we talk to our business partners, there's certainly the challenges that are brought on because of the global health pandemic in terms of employee safety, customer safety. But now, you know, the parallel problem, of course, on the economic fallout with what's been happening because of shutdowns and limitations on business and probably no industry is really um, affected as uniquely perhaps as commercial real estate. So give me a sense of what the current top of mind challenges are for you and your members in terms of COVID? Yeah, great question, Debbie. Um, and it's something that that we are wrestling with uh, on a daily basis. The, the impact really depends upon the different product types that we work with. So with, with NAOP, we're working with office, large office, downtown, small office, um, with industrial, <clears throat> with retail that may or may not include restaurants, small businesses, uh, multifamily. So we really cover the, the whole spectrum of places where there has been dramatic economic impact on businesses. So, you know, our owners and developers have been working with their tenants 
to um, try and figure out how to do um, rent abatement, um, to do what they can to um, avoid any kind of um, eviction. You know, they worked to help develop the um, eviction moratorium uh, information that, that the governor put out. They've worked with the legislature on those sorts of things. But how the they're being impacted economically depends on what product types. So as you can imagine, industrial right now is, is doing pretty good. Um, they're still continuing to get good absorption in the market um, because people are doing, you know, so much more home shopping, um, whether for, you know, before for, you know, just essentials and now for um, most all of their holiday shopping. I know I did far more holiday shopping online this year than I've, I've ever done. And so distribution centers are getting built. And so, as I said, industrial is doing pretty good. Our retail owners are struggling along with their tenants. Um, you know, as more and more restrictions come down, um, you know, we, we worry about their ability, um, not just to pay their rent now, but to even survive. You know, we're looking at restaurants and, and what can we do there? And there are more shutdowns now. But even before this last round of shutdowns, you could do a lot of outdoor dining and a lot of them had turned to outdoor dining. But the concern was, you know, we're going to get to winter and you're not going to be able to do much outdoor dining. I mean, you know, people have been very creative with these little bubbles they've they put together. But, you know, I, I, I don't know how successful those will be in the middle of winter. For sure. And I can't imagine the propane bills now for some of these restaurants, you know, with yeah. trying to figure out how to heat outdoor patios in the winter of Colorado, mm. right? And how to do it safely so mm. that the people sitting out there are A, comfortable and B, you know, not absorbing way too much um, of those propane fumes. Um, and then with office, our office owners are really sort of all over the place. You know, the, the question is, um, people are working from home. Are they ever going to come back to the office? Have they gotten used to that? Are you going to see um, office usage shrink? Um, and, and what we're actually hearing is that while companies are going to probably change forever how they do their in-office work, we're not seeing them pull back a lot on space because what they were doing before was they were taking more and more employees and putting them in smaller and smaller spaces. Mm -hmm. um, they were doing what's called hoteling where um, you might work for a company and you'd come in and, and your computer and all of your stuff is in a locker. You get it out of the locker and you take it to a, a an open desk space and you sit there and work. And then when you're done, you put it back and, and you go away. I don't see that continuing. I see companies going back to a bigger footprint for employees so that they feel safer. And, and um, so I see that kind of offsetting the whole, you know, you're going to lose a certain amount of people who won't ever come back to the office or will only come back occasionally. Right. It'll be interesting to see, um, mm -hmm. like you said, kind of that new, you know, the, the word hybrid always feels so overused, but what's the new dynamic going to be in terms of how you space employees, how you put up perhaps other kinds of barriers when we're kind of used to this open you know, everybody's sitting at the big table and working together randomly. 
you know, how's that going to be repurposed looking forward? And it feels like there's such a chance for innovation and opportunity, perhaps in the disruption that there's not a need, there's not going to be um, lesser need perhaps for office space. It's just going to have to look different going forward. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And trying to figure out at this point how, how it looks different is um, the opportunity for innovation that I think everybody's looking for. And have you already started seeing some of that from your members, like getting together and trying to think through what is the office space of the future look like, whether it's 2021 or beyond, and who's going to be leading the way on some of those conversations and innovations? Yeah, you're you're already starting to see it because, um, you know, there is some new development in process. And so those developers are looking at, you know, how do we lay out floor plates differently? How do we um, accommodate different types of more stringent airflow management and, and those sorts of things? So, um, you know, our architect members and designers are already starting to look at that. Um, I know a number of buildings that had come online and they were starting to um, do some tenant finishes and those pretty much by and large all went on hold because they then went in, had to go in and reimagine them. So a lot of that work is already starting, um, but I, I just think that will be um, an opportunity and something exciting to watch for. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it'll be fun to be a part of that with you and maybe showcase some of those new designs or the new outlooks and what's happening in the commercial development space. Um, from a public policy standpoint, I think there's enough challenges, Kathy, with in terms of uh, the economy and COVID and all the fallout on that. Are you seeing any additional layers of public policy issues coming down that are concerning to you or that you see as opportunities sort of aside from COVID? Well, something that we've been working on a lot over the last couple of years are climate-related issues as it relates to building development and the electrification of existing building stock and encouraging new building development to be more energy efficient um, to the point where in the city and county of Denver, their new codes by 2027, not very far off, um, will require all new construction to be net zero energy for commercial. In 2024, they're going to require that for residential. Um, so, and so Denver's doing a lot of, of climate action work. We actually, I actually served on Denver's climate action task force and worked with them on their green building code, uh, their green roof ordinance um, was took a, a lot of time a couple of years ago. And these are all very large undertakings that are going to be done by cities and also by the state. The state also has passed electrification bills and they're looking um, in the next legislative session at an energy benchmarking bill that will have performance requirements in, in a few years. So the, the energy and climate issues are something that are um, hugely important to us. And I know, you know, energy has been, um, Debbie, something you've worked on for years and years. And when you look at what the Climate Action Task Force did in Denver, 
um, their recommendation was that we remove all fossil fuels from, you know, they want it to go to a complete electric grid. Wow. Um, they, they want to um, not have uh, even any more natural gas usage in the city and county of Denver. Um, so these are big issues we're going to have to struggle with. Well, and I think, you know, Denver certainly has a lot of other issues they're dealing with as well related to homelessness and, you know, probably the business sector right now is, is struggling, I would think pretty mightily in Denver. And it strikes me, it's interesting, Kathy, as you know, I've done work in the oil and natural gas sector. I consider them, uh, you know, some of the best folks we have in Colorado, um, really appreciate the industry and, and you couldn't find a more innovative industry for sure. But I, but what, but it strikes me one of the issues that has always been a been a struggle for that industry is sort of this patchwork of regulations and especially for bigger companies, you know, trying to navigate patchwork. And it seems like that's something that perhaps is a is is something you've got to keep an eye on too through your members. Like if Denver has a completely different regulatory environment than the suburbs versus, uh, you know, other areas. Um, how do, how do you reconcile all those patchwork of regulations, or do you just assume that's just the way it's always going to be with Colorado having their own, and then each potential region having different regulatory compliance issues? Well, it would it would certainly make everyone's life a lot easier if we could have one set of rules um, that everybody follows, but. I just don't see that as possible. You know, Denver's uh, a home rule county and um, the, the makeup of the current city council is, is one that um, is, will make it challenging for business development in the city and county of Denver. We're, we're finding it um, a bit less and less friendly. But you've also, as you mentioned, have other jurisdictions. So if you're just looking at the energy and climate issue, you have benchmarking rules in Denver. You have them in Boulder. You have them in Fort Collins. Um, and now the state is going to have one. So it, it's a challenge for our members to try and figure out exactly which one they're supposed to comply with. Um, and <laughs> well, we're and in, by the way, right, have <laughs> affordable housing yeah. and all these other, you know, uh, good jobs, but when you can't build or, um, you know, that's always a trick, isn't it? Well, and, and we're even finding that even within the city and county of Denver, um, some of what's being put into place doesn't all play well together. So, you know, I, I, I was talking with someone who was talking about they're, they're doing a new development. And so they know that the net zero energy is coming down the pike. So they wanted to say, okay, should we change our building design to net zero energy now? And they found out when they did that, it knocked them out of their, their lead building certification and it put them into non-compliance with Denver's green roof ordinance. <laughs> um, so, you know, here are requirements that Denver has for different things that don't even all work well together. And that's in one county where you'd think, you know, the right hand would know what the left hand was doing, but maybe not so much. Well, uh, it sounds like you've got your work cut out for you and uh, appreciate you being on today. And our our members really are kind of a broad, broad based business community, but definitely we need places to work, places to live. Uh, you know, everything that you work on are areas that I think we're enthusiastically behind. 
So Kathy, just appreciate you being on and telling us more about NAOP and the critical work you do to keep Colorado vibrant. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. And it's always fun, Debbie, to get to sit down and chat with you. Absolutely. This was a pretty tame conversation for us, but very important. I appreciate your time, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. This has been Colorado Business Roundtable. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.